Hey, thank you guys for coming back to the Riri Show. Today, we have a really, really good topic, and it's called The Honeymooners versus The Honeymoon is Over. And we have a special guest today, and just for the sake of time, I'm going to let him give you all of the information about him, but he is no stranger to me. He's no other than my oldest son, Quincy AC. And I would like you to greet the audience. So, Mama, thank you for having me on. Um, again, my name is Quincy AC, um, firstborn to Renata AC at the time. Um, now, Renata Fuller, my mother. <laughs> um, yeah, I play professional basketball. Our topic today is marriage or. What you call it? The, the honeymoon is, is over. Yes. Right. So um, I guess you would consider me in the in the newlywed phase, if you will. Uh, three years married going on. Be this July. Telling beautiful wife, Jessica AC. We now have two kids together, three kids in total. And yeah, that's just a little bit about myself. We, I can give more oh. throughout the throughout the uh, podcast and congratulations on my new grandbaby that's g baby number four it's number number four yes ours number three yes all right so we're just gonna finish jump right into it because this is a topic the institution of marriage which sounds at the beginning so good and so many people are having issues because they're not married but they don't know what all comes into the word marriage and they don't even know really if they they're ready for it a lot of people they're on the outside looking in but i'm gonna start off with what the bible says about marriage and i'm coming from a biblical perspective of marriage and not everybody has the same perspective even even from a biblical standpoint So, the Bible records the creation of marriage in Genesis 2, 23, and 24. He said, The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. God created man and then made woman to complete him. So with that said, now that you have been married going on three years, is marriage what you thought it would be? Why and why not? Um, I think that for me personally, I think marriage has um, I don't know what my expectation of marriage was, you know what I'm saying, as far as mm-hmm. you're asking if it's what I thought it would be, but to me, it kind of just feels the same as when we were uh, not married, when we were kind of okay. dating, um, mm-hmm. because we didn't go the traditional way, we moved in earlier together, kind of very quickly within a year you of shacked. marriage, and yeah, we shacked, <laughs> and uh, you know, nothing really changed when we got married except the title and, of course, the covenant with each other and God. Um, so our approach with each other probably changed a little. But as far as actions and how we conduct and carry ourselves and treat each other, I feel like that's kind of the same. So marriage has kind of been it's been fun. It's been fun. Like you said, it's the newlywed, the newlywed stage. So I know. You know, we will have our rough times and not to say that we haven't, you know, we have baby number two. Kids always bring, you know, a little rift. Um, yes. But, you know, it's been, I think it's been kind of what I expected, but better than what I expected also. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So let me ask you this. What aspect of marriage were you or are you most pleasantly surprised by? Um, well, being a man, you know, growing up, you always hear, like, the older men, your uncles, your older cousins, 
wherever it may be, family, friends, they always, you know, when you get married, you know, the women change and da 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 this, 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 and that, you know, but I feel like it's just kind of been the same. Obviously, everyone gets relaxed in a, mm-hmm. uh, in a, in a way, I guess, but you know, I, it's a challenge for me. You know, I like the challenge. It, the challenge mm-hmm. is like keeping it fresh, keeping it spontaneous, keeping it like, you know, new so she doesn't get bored and whatever, you know. So I, I take the challenge every day with just trying to find a way to impress my wife, if you will. Okay. Okay. Well, that kind of brings me to my next question. So, what do you think is the most challenging part of being married? Uh, right now, the most, the most challenging part, the most challenging part of being married is probably uh, setting aside your own selfish desires. Mm, so, mm-hmm. putting uh, the wants and or needs of your spouse or partner above yours, mm. and. Um, a lot of people might not like that approach, but it's not like a, it's, it's a form of being submissive, but a form of like respect for your partner. Like I want to hear out her needs over mine. I want to make sure that she is as comfortable or whatever it is as possible in the relationship and it's reciprocated. She does the same. So, uh, the most challenging part is that within itself, just keeping it fresh. Uh, an old teammate told me a long time ago, always date your wife. <clears throat> and that's just like, you know, do the things that you would do uh, to get her when you got her. You know, like little things like yeah. buying her flowers, taking her on a date, you know, little, little small stuff. You know, y'all having a little picnic, telling her she's beautiful, you know, small things. So is that something that you... Um, initiate or is that something that your wife initiates trying to keep the spice going dating what is dating though in a marriage what is what would that look like i know you gave some examples like buying flowers you know taking on a little picnic but you know when when you have the kids and you have little kids how how does that work how does how does dating tie into that (laughs) Uh, i i guess nowadays Jess's uh, version of a date would be me getting all the kids and letting her be at the house by herself. Um, <laughs> but, that quiet time, yes. Right, right, a date with herself. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just, I don't know, as a man, personally, I, t- like I said, take the challenge. So it's like, you're not going to out-date me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, there's no man that you will ever meet that will out-date me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I'm it's a competition again like what can I do to impress her at all times because my, my wife is a beautiful woman I married a beautiful woman I know there's men out there that think she's very beautiful but I'm the most beautiful man that she don't ever come in contact with so I got to keep it free live up to the part huh <laughs> live up to it you know yeah yeah you sound con- some people say that sounds conceited but how do you look at it or confident. I mean, I know what I did to impress my wife, and mm-hmm. I know what I did to make my wife look, fall for me and fall for my wife. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I have the recipe for success with her. Okay. So I know how to do it. You know? so everybody. All right, man. You better take notes, man. You better take notes. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, since you've been married, going on three years now. You probably have smelled a fart scent, heard a burp scent, seen it without her makeup, and I'm sure most definitely she done heard, smelled your farts. Mm-hmm. So how relaxed is too relaxed in a marriage? Too relaxed? Yes. If, if, if it's such a thing. For me personally, I would say you're getting too relaxed when you just kind of start letting yourself go, you know, like mm-hmm. you don't, you don't care about your imp- appearance or trying to be beautiful or trying to be a catch or whatever it is, you know, like whatever that is, that may consist of for you. Like if you just like to take showers and now you 
taking less of them or you like to keep your nails done or you know whatever it is that mm-hmm. just keep you keep my partner confident in herself you know like I want to still see that Jess is very uh, into the aesthetics like makeup and all that mm-hmm. uh, other stuff so I encourage her to do whatever it is that make her feel happy with herself you know like that's the most important thing is like self love and self confidence so if my spouse is uh, confident in herself and her appearance then I think everything else kind of follow suit you know when once your spouse is kind of insecure or you're not helping that you know like that can take a tumble and lead down a a, a bad path if you will all right let me ask you this you know we were talking about you say how beautiful your wife is and you know we all know beauty is in the eye of the beholder she thinks you're handsome and all of that and you know by your position in life you come around a lot of beautiful women um, trashy, hoish women, you know, women that on the outside they're, they're made up, but on the inside they're gold diggers or, you know, they have ulterior motives and as beautiful as she is, you know, I'm sure she has a lot of men looking at her and things like that. I, I want to kind of throw in that, that word temptation. Do you ever feel tempted outside of your marriage? Uh, yeah, temptation is very uh, relevant, if you will. Um, it's I'm faced with it a lot, especially in my profession, you know. But I'm I'm more so faced with choices. Mm-hmm. Um, this is I've been lucky enough to play professionally for this is my eighth year, so you know I'm not new to this. We've been married three of those years, but together six. So we've been living together since my uh, what was that third year in the league. Yes. Um, so, you know, we we're kind of used to the whole environment, um, but you know, like it's, it's any man, you know, this when in a successful position, like you said, it's gold diggers or will whatever, just people kind of throwing themselves your way. You know, whenever I'm out with my friends, like I stick to myself. I enjoy my friends. I have me a drink and just kind of chill. And if a woman were, were to approach me, which they rarely do, but, you know, sometimes it does happen. I just, I'm married. Thank you. I'll holler at you. I don't even keep the small talk because I don't even want to give you the, the hope. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, as far as uh, just dealing with the temptations, I mean, it's just, temptations is in every walk of life. You know, mine are just different because I have a different path. Um, but it's the same devils, you know, I just kind of, I just stay strong, stay in my, in my word and uh, on the road, I don't go out, you know, if I do, I'll let her know, you know, but I'd rather go out with my best friends or her, you know, rather than just kind of risking it for a night of what, just drunken fun, I guess. Right, right, right. All right, here's, here's a fun question right here. And I want you to really think about it before you make your three choices. So, if a genie granted you three wishes right now, mm-hmm. what would you wish for as it relates to your mate? What would I, what would I wish for for Jess? Would wish for or anything like if you could change something, or if you would mm-hmm. um, want to grant her something. It, it doesn't have to be negative or positive. Just right. you have these three wishes right now. What mm-hmm. would it be? as it relates to your mate, not just you by yourself? First wish, I would grant Jessica the wish, her wish, I guess, of doing whatever it is that she wants to do career-wise in life. You know, she sacrificed so much for the Uh betterment of my career and, you know, just... Your family. Has, she's a yeah. She's a double major from a prestigious university, and she as soon as she came out, she came and moved with with me, which was a hard choice for her. You know, she did get a job, and she did kind of try to pursue her own path, but you know, she chose love, and you know, I'm forever indebted to that. And I know personally, whenever I finish, whenever I do retire, I'm gonna try to be a magical genie 
and try to push and grant her wish of whatever it is that she wants to do in life. But yeah, that's that's what I would would grant her one of them, I guess. Just mm-hmm. give her the opportunity to do whatever it is she wants to do uh, career wise in life. Um, second, like pursue her dreams. Yeah, pursue her dreams. Okay. And then that's, that second, good. second, I would. Uh, whatever dream home she wants. Mm-hmm. And third, give her, her give her a choice. Your third wish, you can you can get whatever it is that you want in life. So you One put thing, the ball in her court. Put the ball in her court. I can't make a wish for you. So it, it appears just by your lip service, and I'm and I know you, so I know it's by your action as well that you really, really not self-centered and i think that that's a plus in a marriage for both not to be self-centered because marriage is is a give and it's and it's a take it's not one person always giving and the other person always taking it should be a give and a take situation so with that said should couples talk about everything what what is communication like in your household or you know, when we speak of just talking about everything, that's a form of communication. What is communication in your house, or what does it look like? First of all, what is communication, and what should it look like? Yeah, I mean, communication is just open dialogue and being confident in yourself and in your partner to receive your communication. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I think communication is just two people talking. Uh, openly and honestly and free you know like without restrictions without uh insecurities you know just being able to say whatever it is that you are feeling to your partner without uh any back backfire or backlash you know what i'm saying so like communication in our household is is pretty good i can be better obviously um everybody can always be better you know i take pride in trying to be selfless and, and communicate, but I can be better. Um, you know, it's a work in progress. One thing that we don't do in our house and this, you know, from you pretty much just how I was raised is we don't go to sleep mad at each other. You know, if I can tell something that's wrong with her or off with her, then I will press the issue almost to a, a point where it's almost annoying. You know, I'm like, well, what's right. wrong? You know, well, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about it. You know, like whatever, whatever, what is it? that has you feeling away, you know? Um, If it's me, I can kind of feel that sometimes and I'll just kind of give her her space or, you know, you want to go get your nails done, you know, like everybody needs a break and everybody just needs to be able to vocalize that, you know, with their partner and whatever it may be, I think communication is just that, communicating, talking, being free, open and honest. Yeah. So I think our communication is, is pretty good. One thing I didn't hear you say as far as communication, as far as what I would add is, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it is an open dialogue, but it's also a listening dialogue too. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people do a lot of talking, but if the other person is not listening, it just seems like that one person just keeps going, like you said, nagging, nagging until you get to the bottom line. Well, everybody was not brought up like you. So what would you say to a person out there if they think that their spouse is nagging because they wake them up at two, three o'clock in the morning because they have something on their heart and then that person gets up and they walk away. And then, you know, it's kind of like sweeping it under the rug. You never getting Mm -hmm. anything resolved because the other person is not receiving that. Is that would you consider that a form of communication? Or how would that hinder a marriage? Yeah, uh, I think it could definitely hinder a marriage because, uh, like you said, people start sweeping under the rug or just kind of um, internalizing these feelings. And then at a certain point, they boil over in the marriage. You know what I'm saying? That's why you get people mm-hmm. 15, 20 years down the line. And it's like, you know, we've been married 20 years, but, but you know, like whatever that but may be. And it's because they've, kind of been suppressing whatever it is they're truly feeling or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. So uh, listening is a very, very important key because 
if Jess in the beginning has the confidence to be able to vocalize and express herself and communicate openly with me, but I don't listen or I don't take heed or whatever it is that she is uh, communicating to me, I don't, I just ignore it, you know, like, okay, okay, okay. You know, she's saying she want to see me be more helpful with the dishes or something like that. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then a month later, I'm still the same. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't mm-hmm. listening. So, exactly. like, I feel, you know, I think listening and applying and all that is, like you said, a very major important part of communication. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that I've learned, you know, of course, like I said, you know, in past um, interviews that, this is my third marriage. And one thing that I have found out about marriage that I didn't know in the beginning is that it is about sacrifice. And people have to realize that if you take two people that have been brought up in two different environments and they their perspective is from is molded from what their parents have taught them, from religious beliefs and also their own life experiences. So that's one person. Then you got the other person that has the same um, teachings as far as from their parents, from their religious or non-religious views. And then you're taking those two people and then you're putting them together. There's going to be some form of conflict. I, I don't know, not one marriage that does not have conflict in the way they were up up brought um how you say mm-hmm. that word the way they were brought up mm-hmm. so would you say that marriage entails a lot of compromise on both ends mm-hmm. i think it's marriage is the most compromising between two people you would probably ever see <laughs> in any other walk of life you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's, const- it's constant. Like you said, uh, it's whatever. It's like selfish feelings or desires. You have to mm-hmm. put those aside. You know, that is... Uh, what is what's the word we use? <laughs> Deceit. Deceit? No, 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 no. Uh, compromise. You know, compromise, that's, that's, okay. Yeah, that's compromising. Um, you know, it's different forms of compromising. But yeah, compromising is the most uh probably one of the most important parts because it does tie into uh the communication part as well you know like you have to gotta compromise you gotta suppress whatever it is you want to talk about you know just to listen at times and vice versa you know what i'm saying like it's just like giving a little to get a little and all that yeah and you know that that's definitely not an understatement of of compromising that you just stated when we were talking about communication should spouses keep secrets from each other Um, is there ever a time that you should keep a secret from your spouse and do you have secrets no not secrets uh i mean it's like they have surprises or things that you might want to uh yeah a surprise (laughs) i guess it's like the only secret you should probably have in a marriage. Um, things get found out anyway. You know, it, uh, it always comes to the light. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's your best friend. It's your partner. Like, you should feel secure and confident and in them to be able to tell them anything and talk with them about anything. Like, they should be your confidant. Um, and, yeah, I try to tell just everything i'm not gonna sit here and lie and say that i do but like i said it's a work in progress mm-hmm. and i try and if i don't then i and she does find out about something or something like that then i just be open with her and i'm like you know that was my that was my apologies i really didn't think it was important enough to say or whatever the case may be you know like mm-hmm. it's, it's growth to be uh it's growth there but you know, I think, yeah. Yeah, you said growth, and and every day is growth in marriage. You know, marriage. I I, I don't truly believe that you have love at first sight. I believe love grows because when you first meet somebody, I can't say per se that you love a person. I think that you're just lusting right there because you don't even know that person to say that you love them, and so. Here you have this person that 
you the honeymooners you love them you know you you worship them you know they can't do anything wrong but then as life goes on people change you know mm-hmm. i'm i'm 54 finna be 55 and i don't think the same way that i did when i was in my 20s and my 30s and my 40s and you know as i sit and talk to my mother which is 84 she doesn't think the same way that i think but she does have a lot of wisdom and mm-hmm. she learns from me and i learn from her And as I watched her grow up, I saw how she handled certain situations, you know, when times became difficult in the household with me and my brother. My brother and and I grew up in a single household. We didn't have a male figure there to teach us what it's like to be in a male-woman relationship. You know, I saw it with my uncles. I saw it with some of my cousins. You know, my uncles and the male figures in my life had, um, they were good role models, I would say. Mm-hmm. And one thing I never did really get to see is when you and your spouse can't agree on something, what do you do? How do you handle that? So I'm asking you that because your kids are at this point fortunate because they can see and they look at how you handle stuff. You, on the other hand, saw only how your mother handled things growing up. Mm-hmm. But now that you are setting a role model for your kids, how do you and your spouse handle disagreements or when you can't agree on something? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. We uh, Nobody agrees on everything. It's impossible. You're setting yourself up for failure if, if you have those expectations. Um, you and your life partner are similar in a lot of ways because y'all are attracted. Y'all have become attracted to each other. You know what I'm saying? So like you guys have a lot of similarities, but, um, like as far as agreeing, that's impossible. You know, we don't agree on everything. We, like I said, we communicate though, and we have a good relationship with each other. If she feels strongly about something and I feel strongly about, uh, the same thing in the opposite uh, feeling, I guess, then I'll just be like, or she'll just be like, well, I'll just agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. And that's complete. That's completely fine with us. It's like, well, I don't see it that way. Like, well, I don't see it that way. Like, it's mm-hmm. what it is. As long as it's not, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As long as it's not looming and kind of like causing some unnecessary tension, then we just move on from it, really. Right. And see, you're still in the honeymooner stage, but let's just Give a scenario for a moment, okay? Mm -hmm. So you guys have children Mm -hmm. and how you were reared and then how she Mm -hmm. was reared. They could be Mm -hmm. similar, you know, because I've Mm -hmm. met her mother and we kind of have some similarities as far as our values Mm -hmm. and and our morals. But then there are a lot of ways that we are different. And so, so when you take your upbringing and her upbringing and is dealing with the children... Mm-hmm. You know, when you have to make decisions about your children, mm-hmm. that can really, really cause some brokenness in your family For and sure. not necessarily only with your children, but as a husband and wife and God forbid, but later on, Satan is going to come in and he's going to throw some fiery darts mm-hmm. and it's going to, it's going to be some things that is going to make you want to just throw in the towel, like trick this, I, you know, I can't do this anymore. I want to walk. I want to step. Right. When your mates start telling you that, hey, how about let's separate? Hey, let's go get counseling. Hey, let's do this. But you don't necessarily feel that there's a problem that you need to do that. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen in that in that scenario right there? Yeah, if you're not built on solid rock foundation, then you're going to kind of fall by the wayside, if you will. But you know, I feel like these little, these small things and tests in the beginning are gearing you towards the, inev- the inevitable of, you know, just something coming up, whatever it may be. You know, mm-hmm. things happen in life um, and that's just is what it is. So, uh, you know, right now we're building like in church, we're putting on the full armor mm-hmm. of marriage. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like step mm-hmm. by step by step. You know, we're building each, each other's trust and small little fields. Like I had 
I don't know, like just kind of by acknowledging each other's pet peeves. Like if I don't like the top to be left open on the contact solution, she consciously tries <laughs> not. She tries not to do it anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like I, yeah. I, I can I can appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's something that's small to her that she doesn't even think about, but it's something that annoys me. You know what I'm saying? That's just an example. But right. now if she tries to actively self selflessly, you know, uh put the top back on her, she's making progress and it's like nothing but it's building blocks. You know what I'm saying? So I, I look at those little things as building blocks and I think, you know, I think we can only just keep getting better every day just put a little more on on top and you can make it <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so speaking of pet peeves, so we all know that don't leave the top off the contact solution which is kind of funny but those little bitty small things can cause some major arguments what are some of your pet peeves and if you don't mind sharing maybe two or three of her pet peeves yeah i mean like uh the top open on the contact solution the top off of the toothpaste (laughs) uh she she loves she loves to drink water, which is really good. I am a professional athlete, so I drink a, a lot of water. So I get the mm-hmm. big liter liter and a half bottles of water, mm-hmm. and she'll open a bottle and drink it maybe halfway, and then like just kind of leave it. Eventually, <laughs> she'll 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 pick them up and put them in the refrigerator because she likes her water real cold. Uh-huh. But but then like by the end of the week, we got like four or five half drinks bottles in the refrigerator that are all hers uh-huh you know and it's just kind of like well there are four or five bottles right there and it's only 12 that come in the case so that's where all our water is going you know, <laughs> you know what i do i water the plants with the open bottles how about the solution would be to buy a smaller bottle for her so that's what i'm saying we tried the smaller bottles too but like it's like then we go through them fast because now i'm drinking two or three of those at mm-hmm. a time. You know what I'm saying? Because it's smaller bottles. But, you know, like, it's, it's compromise. Yeah. But maybe you buy you yours and buy her hers. Even that though that sounds like it's division, but it's actually a great solution. But like right. I said, my open bottles, shoot, I just pour them in my plants. <laughs> right. But, yeah, you know, when you said a... that about the toothpaste, uh-huh. that is really funny because don't squeeze my toothpaste just like you just squeeze it you know, I like it for it to be all pulled up to the top. Oh yeah, I remember Uncle Rodney used to talk about uh, the the paper, the toilet paper. If it goes over or under, him and him yeah, and <laughs> it's just little, little things, you know, like just different upbringings. Yeah, what's her pet peeve? What's one of her pet peeves? Pet peeves. She has a lot of little ones that mm-hmm. kind of come up. You know, so mm-hmm. it's not like. Some glaring ones where she'll be like, I don't like this, 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 and that. It's like, mm-hmm. she might have a couple, but it's kind of like, eh, I don't really like when you do that. Or, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but the toilet seat, obviously, that's kind of a yeah. woman thing. Uh, a pet peeve of Jess. Jess is very particular. So, like, if she's up doing something productive mm-hmm. don't don't just be sitting there like she's not gonna be like all right like you know how you'll come in there and be like all right y'all it's time to clean up this house let's go you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. she, she <laughs> might just kind of she might just kind of start doing it and mm-hmm. it's like she kind of wants you to but she's not gonna like pressure you like well you want some help babe like, no i got it you know what i'm saying it's mm-hmm. like oh, okay i got the hint or something like that so it's like <laughs> Uh, so to put a title to the pet peeve, it's like help. Like don't don't let her feel like she's doing everything around okay. the house or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So like a, right, I got it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just little stuff like that. Yeah, it's funny because I remember um, when you know I'm still this way, believe it or not. And that's one of the things me and Johnny he looks at me crazy when I do. You know how I am about when I sit in my bed, I want all my cover to just be perfect. Mm-hmm. And I'm still that, still that way, and it irks me when if he turns over and it moves the cover, mm-hmm. it's like 
that is so frustrating to me. And, and it's something yeah. <laughs> it's something that little small. So um one thing that I I'm interested to to know is because you hit on it a little bit. How do you go about finding some balance between working, managing the household responsibility, and spending time together? Because one thing that I know would appear to be difficult for me is, you know, when when you guys were single, you didn't have any kids, so it was nothing for her to just travel, you know, this and that, this and that. Now that you have three kids and they're little, and so let's say you got picked up and you had to move again and they start school, like mm-hmm. uh, public school. Now, daycare is a little different, but would you require her to move into the area where you are? Or do you feel that that would be detrimental to the kids with all the traveling that you have to do? Or would it be something that she could stay here since you guys have your own home here and then... Mm-hmm you know, your family traveled, you know, doing holidays, blah, 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 blah. What, what are your thoughts on that? How do, how, how do you guys foresee managing some of those obstacles? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. You actually said that because it's kind of approaching, you know, it's kind of been looming, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but we haven't really just sat and talked about it, but I think we both, and we, I could, I could be wrong. You know, we probably mm-hmm. could talk more about it. You know, I don't want mm-hmm. to speak all the way for her, but right, right. I personally think that you know we wouldn't do well with the long term, long distance mm-hmm. uh, relationship. You know, we've done it as far as like a couple weeks or a month or so. You know, just because mm-hmm. we had to, and you know, we both was like, okay, <laughs> this is this is a lot. Um, but I think she would just come with us. And mm-hmm. on the on the other side of that, you know, that plays a major part in decision making as far as where we gonna where we're gonna go to play or how soon I retire, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a lot of factors go into that that we have discussed. So I kinda feel like we have a good understanding about that. Mm-hmm. You know, but with the kids growing up and Austin being eight, Getting close to becoming a teenager, you know, I, I miss out on a lot of little things that I would like to be able to be a part of, mm-hmm. and uh, not growing up with my dad in the house. You know, he mm-hmm. is a part of my life, but not growing up with him in the house mm-hmm. uh, has a plays a part in it because I always tell myself I wanted to be a part of a lot of these things that you know I didn't get to experience, so that will inevitably play a part in it, you know. Right, and my, right. you know, re- re- retiring from the game to be with family in the end. You know what I'm saying? Like, I won't just right. try to string it along for the sake of trying to steal some coins. I, Family is way more important to me. Okay. Speaking of, let's transition now. You know, we talked about kind of the honeymooners. Now let's get mm-hmm. to the honeymoon is over. Mm-hmm. So one thing that we do know for sure being in an unhappy marriage is not biblical bib, biblical grounds for a divorce. Mm-hmm. So in the Bible, I read in Mark 10, 11 through 12, Jesus said, a man who divorces his wife so he can marry someone else commits adultery against mm-hmm. her. And a woman who divorces her husband so she can marry someone else commits adultery. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on the on that Bible on that. verse? You know, like people don't have the right, you know, based on that Bible verse, it's saying that people don't have the right to dissolve an unhappy marriage. God intended that marriage, mm-hmm. you know, be it lifelong. What are your thoughts on uh, that? Uh, I mean, I think my thoughts on that is the wording, you know, like you said, it's like don't leave your current spouse for to marry someone else it's almost like the grass is not green on the other side mm-hmm. uh just because you quote unquote are unhappy you know you made the choice with your partner and with god mm-hmm. to be together for the rest of y'all you guys' life now if nothing has come up as far as like adultery or 
murder or some crazy mm-hmm. that would warrant divorce, then you know, like life happens. You know, you're gonna be unhappy. If you were single, you would wake up some days in a row unhappy. You know what I'm saying? Like it is what mm-hmm. it is. That that's not grounds for a divorce. That means you need to do some self soul searching or some soul searching within you guys' relationship. But uh yeah, I think that God is saying that you know, you're not just hopping from marriage to marriage because you feel like it. Mm-hmm. You know. So when when we speak in terms of, of biblical, okay, I'm just mm-hmm. saying biblically speaking, the only grounds for divorce is adultery based on mm-hmm. the Bible. It doesn't right. have anything to do with if someone couldn't committed murder. And also there is a scripture somewhere now, I don't know it offhand, but it talks about abandonment too. Yeah, like if, abuse and all that, right? Yeah. Well, even with abuse, that's a sticky situation because the Bible doesn't speak of abuse. Only thing it says is uh, adultery. But truly, truly, if someone is in an abusive relationship, there are grounds for separation. You know, yeah, separating brother. and divorce is totally different. But yeah, I mean, somebody getting beat on, that's kind right, of... Right, right, right. And the thing about marriage, though, a lot of people take it lightly. You know, they feel that some people are weak. And let's just say that like that. You know, they're weak. And when I say weak, I mean they have low self-esteem. That's what I mean by weak. Because, yeah, there's a thin line between being weak-minded and being low self-esteem because... Some people will, on the outside looking in would say, oh, I wouldn't take that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do this. Well, of course you wouldn't because you're not married to my spouse. You know, mm-hmm. God is the one that has joined us together. So quite naturally, I would take more because my person personality fits with my husband's personality. Mm-hmm. However, one thing that is a big, 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 big question is if you caught your child's, your spouse cheating, would you try to stay and make your marriage work? And that's a personal question to you. If I caught just cheating, would I stay and try to make it work? Yes. Because that's the only grounds for divorce based biblically. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a a hard question. I mean, like, what is, we would have to uh, approach that, you know, like as a couple, mm-hmm. if it did happen, because it's a lot of questions. Why? What led to it? Uh, how? You know, like, it would need to be a lot of. It would need to be a lot. On both sides. Mm-hmm. I feel like if she right, caught right. me cheating, you know what right. I'm saying? Like, if I, if I cheated, and, you know, like, it would be a lot for her to be able to just be like, okay, well, let's work it out. She would want to, and I would want to, because we feel the same way about divorce. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, we, we both, uh, we what we talked about before marriage is, like, we're in this for life. We're getting married one time, and, mm-hmm. you know, we're making this promise uh, with each other and with God, you know, and I'm scared of God. I'm scared of Jesse. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of God. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. You know, um, I, I was a victim of that, of my spouse cheating on me. And when I tell you that is a hard decision, I even, um, we, we kind of broke up, but then we did go back together. However, it takes two people though, really. Yeah, it takes two sure. people because when we broke up, you know, his cheating um, led him to get a, another child outside of the marriage. We were still married. And then, of course, I got a child outside of our marriage. We were still married, though, but we weren't living in the same household. And what I felt was unfair is I could accept his kids because he had kids before me, but he could not accept my child during that time and and then too of course we were very young too so that that probably plays a part in it but when you have children which leads me to my next question 
You know, the family unit really is the basic building block of any society. And so failed marriages and broken homes, they really are devastating to the husband and the wife. You know, it may not appear to be, you know, but after you become divorced and then you guys have severed your ties and then you, and especially when you have kids and you come back and, you know, cause your father is kind of like a, a best friend of mine now, you know, we have such a great relationship and I respect him and he respect me, but back then, no way, no how. We right. couldn't even be in the same room together without trying to fight and take each other's heads off, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but it, it really is devastating to the husband and the wife because it's so much loss, not to mention the children that are involved. So should couples stay together for the children? Not just detrimental, you know, not if y'all arguing every night, not if y'all fighting not if you know the kids can tell there's no love between the two parents you know because of whatever it is that happened um like yes you should try to work it out and you gotta you have that goes back to sacrifice you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like not only sacrificing for them you gotta sacrifice for your kids you have to try to show them that you guys together are stronger than that you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. you have to show them that Yes, an obstacle may come up, you know, like we're going through right now. But if you persevere and stick it out together, you can get through it. And that's a life lesson. You know what I'm saying? That your, right. your kid can learn from just being in the household, watching you guys to apply to their own life whenever the time comes. And whatever mm-hmm. journey that may be, marriage, work, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, got to try to work it out for the kids, man. I. I mean, but uh, on the other half of that, it could be very bad for the kids. Like, would I, do I wish we would grew up in the same house with my dad for all my life? Of course. I wish that all the time. Would I have turned out to be the same man that I am today? I don't think I would have. I don't think I would have because, you know, I had to figure out a lot of stuff on my own and through my mom, which is different for a man you know what i'm saying like it's like mm-hmm. you, you did a great job but certain things you taught me how you know it and i would need to be taught it from a male's perspective you know what i'm saying right. so like you know but i'm, I'm here and then i turned out pretty good but to answer yes you question, did yes you did <laughs> you did a good job <laughs> thank you but, well we're, we're nearing the end but i i want to get this question in because this is you know Communication is a biggie that can break down a marriage. But one of the biggest on my list, now remember, I'm only speaking from my perspective, is your view on finances. You know, like, Mm. that can really, really, really put a, oh, I don't even know how to say it. I don't even know the word for it. But it can really make, yes, it can really drive a wedge in a marriage because, If I believe wholeheartedly that marriages come with strengths and weaknesses, like Mm -hmm. where you're strong, your wife Mm -hmm. may be weak and where Mm -hmm. she's weak, you may be strong. Mm -hmm. And so when you're blending, you have to operate according to those strengths and those weaknesses. You can't operate like the world says, you know, like you may hold, do your finances this way, but then. We have to do our finances this way because one party might not be as strong as the other. Can you give me some views on on finances, how to handle finances as far as from your perspective? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, a lot of what I'm just kind of thinking about what you just said. You know, a lot of Mm -hmm. that is like you said, like, the societal norms of what should be mm-hmm. and you know that uh hurts a lot of, of men and women in relationships in marriages mm-hmm. because like you said society can't tell me how to be with my wife and vice versa right. you know like they can't tell us what's good for our household because that's what good that's what's good for Tom over here or George over here. You know what I'm saying? Like that don't mm-hmm. we're not even the same same man. So like I think that takes some deep soul searching in in the marriage. Like 
I I wash the clothes in the house. I literally wash mm-hmm. and fold our clothes in our house. All our clothes. Mm-hmm. Just, just ask me. No, but I'm better at washing clothes than her because mm-hmm. I hate how she washes clothes. They don't smell good enough for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so so I do it. I, there's no shame. There's no like pride in that. Like gender roles in that. It's clo- it's clothes. It's my clothes and her clothes. Right. I'm less of a man for washing clothes. Get out of here. You know, mm-hmm. like whatever it is that needs to be done in our house gets done and we have grown because you know like we both come from where we're the oldest kid in our household mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so like we were almost like a second parent to a lot of the, the or to the to our siblings so right right you know a lot of stuff that we were responsible for doing we could kind of asia can you do this Jarrell, do this or on her case juliet you need to do this but now Delegate, delegate. Done. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and now, if it don't get done, it don't get done. You know what I'm saying? So like, right. It's like instead of walking over that sock that you used to uh, complain about, <laughs> I gotta, I actually have to pick that sock up now. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And this is like little stuff like that. So you know, we, the, what was the original question? I'm sorry. Uh, well, just the original question was you're answering it like. Um, how do you handle finances? Do you feel that finances? Yeah, so yeah. So, so going back to finances, um, yeah, piggybacking off of what I just said, like we do whatever, like you're saying, our strengths are. She grew up in a household where her mother, to this day, works in a bank, and her dad is like a savant as far as math and numbers and accounting. So, mm-hmm. like. Uh, when it comes to math and numbers and finances, she is far more uh, equipped with dealing with them the proper way than I mm-hmm. am because I can be I could be a little more loose. You know what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. come from a house household where it's just my mom and three kids, and if we got our uh, income tax, we knew we was going to the to the shoe store or to the clothing store or to the grocery mm-hmm. store. We knew that anytime we got money that was out of the expected then we could splurge a little and that kind of that mindset kind of carried with me to when i actually got real money it's like Mm -hmm. okay well this is far more money than what i'm comfortable living with so i can splurge a little you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. not realizing that money money goes your career can go, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, after a while, that money can run out if you're not smart. And I've been blessed to have a good, a good circle of people as far as my business manager and all those people that interact with me that have taught and helped me. But Jess has been a very integral part of my growth in finances because she talks to me and she didn't she didn't judge me for my uh my weakness in that in that area mm-hmm. she's she tried to help me you know what i'm saying because it wasn't mm-hmm. bad it was just like i was a little loose I, I'm, I wasn't frugal if it was something i saw that i know i could get it i can get it why not go get it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but now i'll think twice about that and think about the future more and now we got kids and wife mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so like finances in our house you know we're in a different situation because we've been blessed financially through my mm-hmm. career um but it's kind of probably the same smaller devils, if you will, and bigger than most people probably are even used to. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. The yeah, biggest, the know. big, my my bad to cut you out. One more thing. No, go ahead. The, the biggest thing financially for us is like, who are we going to decide to help out? This mm-hmm. this this week or this month or you know what I'm saying because it's two families now, right? It's two sides and you know with Austin being a premarital kid, you know what I'm saying like it, that that's a whole another aspect. So right. you know it's like how do we help or how do we divvy it up or do we you know do we mm-hmm. save and get some for our our household you know mm-hmm. our kids? You know, so that's that's kind of our biggest thing. Right, amazing. right. Yeah, you know, finances, I'm and, and, you know, again, too, like you said, it's upbringing, too, because I came from that same single-parent household where my mother, oh, my God, she spends everything to the T. Mm-hmm. And because you with the limited of income, 
she didn't really have what you call a big savings, but she had a rainy day. And that's kind of how I am. You know, it's like, I may tell you I don't have any money. And literally, I don't have money, but I do have something for a rainy day. You know, just because you have it and you don't see it there, it's there. Mm-hmm. You can come up with it, you know, because we never, I mean, coming up, we never really went without. You know, we had mm-hmm. our basic needs and we had we had some because I made sure that we were never going to live in what we call the projects, you know. You know, we, we lived in some little rough neighborhoods. We, we've had to scrap, you know, we've done Mm -hmm. a lot of things, but you know, with the income that I made, we did good. You know, when you think about it. So when you take me going into a marriage, you know, and, and that's another thing that you have to really know what kind of finance financial situation your spouse was brought up in because, you know, that can really jar, you know, it's like if one person is handling the bills, do you feel that the other person need to come in and try to tell another person how to do it? If one person is handling it, or if you guys are sitting down, both planning out the bills, then it's a, a partner deal. But if one person is handling the situation, should another spouse come in and just up and tell them, Oh, I need this. or we need to do it like that because Mm Sometimes you have to finagle. You have to rob Peter to pay Paul, or you might have to pay half this time and half next time. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's so many different scenarios. So what do, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a sticky, sticky slope, too, because, you know, it's, you are almost doing it only because it's money. So, like, mm-hmm. if you were in there washing dishes and your spouse was to come in there and be like, uh, can you make sure you uh, wash the dishes and then put them in the dishwasher and then put them in the cabinet? I'm like, well, you wash them then. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so like when you compare... That's the same with money, money, though. I know that's what, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm uh-huh. comparing it. So like, if you wouldn't do that with the dishes, don't do that with with the finances. Don't do that to somebody with the finances. Because that's not a good feeling to be in. It's like, you feeling like, uh, like I said, dictator behind you, like, oh, hey, well, it needs to go like this. Like, what? Well, I'm doing it this way because I'm doing it. Right. If you want to do it a certain way, you can do it. You know, like, I don't know. But again, that's communication. Like, if I, if you feel that way, say it. Be like, hey, hey, babe, now I'm paying the bills. I would appreciate if you would just let me pay the bills. If there's something in particular that you would like, then you can say that you can let me know but like don't try to micromanage right right okay all right well we have about three minutes and i always try to it's been really really great talking to you i mean i'm so proud of you the young man that you have turned out to be (laughs) i always like to leave a nugget and so I'm going to leave my nugget and i'm gonna let you close out with your nugget so we have about two minutes and so my nugget would be in the Bible, marriage is God's fix for the fact that it's not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. So that means God sent you your wife. So mm-hmm. are you alone? And that's my nugget. That's a personal question that I want my listeners mm-hmm. to think about as they pursue dating with a purpose. Mm-hmm. That's deep. Are you alone? Like, yeah, you got it, but are you alone? Yep. So, what's your nugget? My nugget is what I said earlier in the in the oh, sorry in the podcast is uh, with a teammate of mine, my rookie year, Landry Fields. Shout out to Landry wherever he is in his world. Oh, he actually hit me up a couple weeks ago. He's a scout for the San Antonio Spurs now. Mm-hmm. But uh, he told me a long time ago when he had just got married before that year he had said something i had asked him a question and he said always date your wife i think he had said uh, me and the wife are going on a hot date or something like that tonight mm-hmm. i was like a date or something like that mm-hmm. he's like yeah he's like always date your wife because i think he had a kid at the time and he was like gotta date you he kind of broke it down for me like mm-hmm. like i said always date your wife always try to do the little thing go to extra mile to impress her whatever it is that you would have done to try to win her over in the beginning Mm-hmm. Continue to do that. 
That's your wife. You, it's, it's the person that, or your spouse, it's the person that you chose to spend the rest of your life with. Like, that's a, like, don't take that lightly. Like, this is a big deal. So, I treat mm-hmm. my wife like a queen because I always said I was going to marry a queen. I wasn't going to marry anything less than a queen. You know what I'm saying? So, like, right. that's how I approach her. Well, that's a good, good nugget. Always date your wife. All right. Well, again, I want to thank you and thank you. And I um, appreciate my listeners out there. And I want you to stay safe during this Corona or COVID-19. Keep your face mask on. All right, then. All right. And sanitizer. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, I want to give you your flowers. Thank you for everything that you've done. Not only for me, but just for those that you impact and that you touch uh, on an everyday basis. You know, my my friends, they laugh, but they appreciate it so much. Like you have a a whole completely separate group chat with literally just <laughs> my my friends that I've uh, acquired along my my journey. You know, yes. and like that's that's big time. They even if they don't respond, they see it and. They, they speak on it, you know what I'm saying? So that means it's resonating, and they appreciate that. And, like, all my coaches, they always say, your mom is the only one that always calls on holidays or texts on holidays, you know, like, so, like, don't change that because people appreciate that, and, you know, they see that it's very genuine because you are going the extra mile because people don't do that, you know, so. Yeah. You keep yeah. that up, and thank you for continuing continuing to be you at all times, no matter what. All right. I love you. I love you more, mama. All right. Bye-bye. All right.